Another five small steps for mankind and a small week for markets in many ways. Welcome to the Exchange Invest Weekly. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Patrick L. Young. Well, it's been an interesting week in markets, albeit with no major news. The world being, I suppose, obsessed about things like Brexit. Do we have a deal? Who knows? We shall see in due course whether the UK Parliament wants to agree whatever it is that they've actually agreed in the first place, which is probably, well, Brexit in name only in some way, shape or form. Certainly it doesn't look like a terribly exciting deal in so many respects, and not the freedom that the UK might have managed to attain. In that sense, well... Sadly, it's all to play for, I suspect, in the near future, and who knows, can we actually manage to see an outbreak of prolonged government from the UK? It certainly seems to be the odds are against it, and when looking at the juvenile parliament, well, the mother of all parliaments, well, it's more like the mother, and insert a very rude word of your choice in that point in time. Meanwhile in markets, the LSE boosted their third quarter income and they also had the big announcement of the People News of the Week, David Warren, who was of course a veteran CFO to Bob Greifeld at Nasdaq and latterly worked for Xavier Rollet and then was the caretaker CEO of the LSE, is going to stand down. Sometime during the course of mid-2020 will mark his departure, having obviously given a long and lengthy handover to David Schwimmer, who's become the CEO who's going to be defined by the Refinitiv deal. Very interesting to see that the notorious bean counter and well, man of incredible cost-cutting during the Greifeld era at Nasdaq is not going to be hanging around for the integration of Refinitiv. Hmm, interesting. Meanwhile, in other news, the Bank of America Merrill Lynch volatility bond indexes, they were all ingested and the trade was completed by the Intercontinental Exchange during the course of the last week. Elsewhere, in the law courts, TPI ICAP and a consulting firm settled a copyright dispute. Has to be said, as a publisher... My experience remains that far too many parishioners have a horribly lax attitude to copyright, per se. Tradeweb. Well, their lockup, as we were discussing just the other week, only ended on the 1st of October. Here we are, barely in the middle of October, and we actually already have an announcement there's going to be a follow-on offering, a secondary IPO. It's going to sell 14.8 million shares at least, and of course, who are selling? The banks. Bear that in mind when somebody tells you that Euroclear is not going to be changing its ownership soon, or indeed any other issue where the banks are major holders of market infrastructure. Meanwhile, we finally got a chance to listen to the TED talk given a few months ago by the Nasdaq President Chief Executive Officer Adina Friedman. Fascinating altogether and excellent to see the parish being represented by the TED community at the top level. Over in Moscow, they've approved the 2024 strategy and indeed also adopted a new dividend policy. Cumex rumbles on the whole way through, and meanwhile there was further talk about Mackay. In one sense, there seems to be a lot of cynicism over the idea they can launch a stock market, while indeed, by the end of the week, there was talk in the Mackay press itself about there being some sort of environmental market taking place on the separate former Portuguese colony, which is now, of course, also run once again by China. Singapore Exchange is apparently eyeing smaller deals as the Bourse merger world becomes much more complicated. And indeed, there's a possibility that Flutter could ultimately be forced to sell the Paddy Power business to survive competition scrutiny over their Stars Group merger. Egypt has cut stock exchange fees in a bid to boost trading. And indeed, the Ethereum-based prediction market, Augur, one of the really, really early Ethereum-based decentralized markets, that was a prediction market. It has, well, been foundering of late. It's setting out plans for a 2020 revamp. 
Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Elsewhere in People News, in addition to the story about David Warren, who's going to be retiring from the London Stock Exchange Group with a large bag of swag for as many years as CFO, under Xavier, and then latterly David Schwimmer, with a period in the middle, of course, as interim CEO. We had news this week that over at HKEX, David Graham, the head of listing, is going to retire at the end of 2019, and he's going to be replaced by Bonnie Y. Chan. She's currently a partner in the corporate department of international legal firm Davis Polk, but was indeed previously an alumni of HKEX. Equally in the special administered region, their top regulator, Ashley Alder, somewhat expected, I think. He's going to be leaving next September. He's not going to take on a new contract, having been in office since October 2011. Good luck to him and good luck also to Jens Rick, who's been appointed Chief Information Officer at EEX. Tadashi Tago, he's joined the LSEG as Head of Information Services Division for Japan. And indeed, TPI cap in a move that demonstrates just how grown up the world of interdealer brokers, formerly money brokers, are these days. They've appointed Joanna Nader as their global head of strategy. Wow, the shock of the new, ladies and gentlemen. A company once branded by a colleague of mine, a great business, but they can't write cursive, has a new global head of strategy. That's a very grown-up position for a company whose vocabulary used to extend beyond yours, mine, shag, and a range of expletives. DLT Malta is the book of the blockchain island, consisting of thoughts from leading local advocates and practitioners of the crypto economy, led by the Prime Minister, the Honourable Joseph Muscat MP. DLT Malta is edited by myself, Patrick L. Young, and Joseph Anthony de Bono. The book can be obtained from all leading bookstores worldwide. If you want to understand Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrency, and the broader impact of the distributed ledger, this book is packed with insights and information about the potential for the technology. DLT Malta, Thoughts from the Blockchain Island, is published by DV Books on behalf of the industry association Blockchain Malta, in bookstores now. In regulation news, there were various updates on fragmentation work by the FSB. ESMO were quite active, various speeches out there, and also indeed a slap across the wrists on derivatives reporting, most notably for the UK, came out during the latter part of the week. And the CFTC had statements about all manner of things during the course of the week. In technology news, CME Group are going to be offering their real-time market data via the Google Cloud platform. Very, very groovy indeed. And the Kenyan Bourse launched their new trading system to boost trading powered by Millennium IT, the LSEG subsidiary. Meanwhile, products, your next are planning cash-settled commodity contracts. All manner of people were bailing out of Libra. Actually, ironically, the idea that MasterCard and Visa and PayPal have now abandoned the Libra cryptocurrency possibly make me think that it might actually have a chance of surviving, because how they were going to survive with all of those legacy players who all exist on about 250 basis points really didn't actually make much sense. Saudi Arabia finally announced a delay to the Aramco IPO, and Eurex have been expanding their benchmark derivatives dividends with a new MSCI dividend futures contract. The LSE took us back to the future, CEC International, about 1982. For all those who can possibly manage some deja vu, the London Stock Exchange has launched a global equity segment for trading in international securities. LIBOR, LIBOR, LIBOR as usual, and the big metals news... After a five-year hiatus, LME are going to be raising their trading and clearing fees by around 8% from January 2020. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes what is going to have to be a very, very short bulletin this week. I do apologise, but my voice is actually going. I lost it entirely sometime between the last two podcasts. After two days of car racing commentary, enjoy watching the video of the Malta Classic Imdina Grand Prix lap, which is now on the Malta Classic Facebook page with yours truly commentating. I am going to bid you farewell and go off and prepare my vocal cords for a longer bulletin next week. This is Patrick L. Young. Thank you for listening. This has been the Exchange Invest Weekly. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.